welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 81. So today I'm sharing a variety of different ways you can refresh your practice for 2023 so you don't get stuck in a rut. But before that, last week, I had a great conversation with family tour specialist Sarah Chachi of Tours for My Kids about how to design and lead engaging family tours. If you work with children and or families, this one is a must listen. That's episode 80 if you haven't listened yet. And as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. So let's get on with today's show. So let's start with a couple of questions for you to think about. First of all, it's the start of the new year. Are you looking forward to designing and leading guided tours, art experiences, educational programs, etc. in 2023? Perhaps it's a quiet patch for you. It's a downtime. It's the off season. Are you thinking ahead to the new season starting? And are you excited about it? Now, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then that's great. You're in a really good place for the year to come. You might want to take some time now during this episode to review some of the suggestions to see if there are any ways you can refresh your practice for the coming year. If, however, you're not really sure about your answers to those questions or how you feel about the coming year, then it's definitely time to shake things up a little bit, especially if you're feeling tired, jaded or uninspired, then it's always a good time to ring in the changes. Now, this is a wonderful thing to do at any time of year, but especially at the start of a new year. So for everyone listening right now is a great time to try out some new things and to refresh your practice. Because if you continue to do things exactly as you did them last year, then you might end up feeling at some point that you're on autopilot. You might even start feeling a bit restless or perhaps a little bored by what you do. And here's one reason why it's important to regularly look at what you do and see if you can refresh it a little. So your participants will always be able to tell when you're going through the motions. It's really tempting, it's very easy to stick to the tried and tested formula, especially if it worked well last year. But making a few simple changes to your practice and the way you do things might help you to discover a whole new passion and enthusiasm for your work. 
And this renewed enthusiasm will of course come across to your participants and might even be contagious. So this episode is for you even if you're not feeling stuck. Perhaps you're more than happy with the way you do things. But you may hear something here that you'd like to try out at some point during the year. And your audience will definitely thank you for it. So I believe we have a responsibility to do so much more than just inform in our museum and heritage programmes. Our audience, our participants, they want to be surprised, moved, connected and even sometimes transformed. So here are seven different ways you can refresh your practice for the coming year. So let's get started. Number one, choose a practice to work on. So last week, it was the first week of 2023, and I shared a series of emails, if you're on my list, about the eight different practices of the VTM method. Now, these emails were intended to inspire and motivate you for the coming year and for you to think about all aspects of your practice, your questioning technique, your facilitation skills, the time and space you allow for slow looking, and how you might also fundamentally change your practice with thinking routines. I also talked about the importance of practice, coaching, and developing this reflective practice. Now, each of these eight practices is an essential component for designing and creating engaging experiences around art and museum objects. Some of these practices are focused on the way you interact with your audiences or how you engage with the art or objects. And others are more focused on you and the way you lead a program, how you show up and how you develop and grow. And no matter how experienced we are or how new we are, there will always be an area we can work on. So my first suggestion today is to choose one of the eight practices as your area of focus this year. Now, here is the list to choose from. Slow looking, questioning, facilitation, thinking routines, collaborative learning, multimodality, practice and coaching, and the final one, reflective practice. So have a think. Where will you put your energy next year? Will you decide to focus on making more space and time for slow looking in your programs? Or maybe you'd like to try out a few thinking routines or new thinking routines with different groups or perhaps you'll choose to work on your questioning technique. Now if you'd like help with any of these practices search back through the back catalogue of this podcast and you'll find plenty of advice on all of these different practices or and or you can read books or articles. Lots, there are lots of books about questioning, lots of books about f- facilitation and or any of these subjects. You can also go to my website, thinkingmuseum.com and look at all the free resources. There's lots of help with thinking routines and slow looking 
or you might want to choose to do a course, a course with me. You can choose to learn live like my VTMO courses or take a recorded course like my Art of Questioning course. I'll put links to these in the show notes. But whatever it is, make your choice and stick to it. Write it on a piece of paper so that you can go back and refer to it and go all in on making 2023 the year that you commit to working on one specific aspect of your practice. So for example, last year, I focused on my listening skills, which is part of uh, the facilitation practice. Now, this is something I've always been fascinated by, and I wanted to see what would happen when I devoted time and energy to working on it. It also was uh, just so happened that I had just started a coaching certification and listening was a key part of that. So last year I got to read lots of books and articles about listening. I wrote lots of assignments where I had to reflect on my listening and I spent many hours working in practice on my listening skills with coaching clients and in the training courses I run. So that was last year. This year, I want to really focus in on thinking routines and more of that to come this year. So that's the first suggestion. The second suggestion is to change your routine. So this suggestion concerns when you work, how often you work and with whom. So sometimes we can feel stuck in a rut. Perhaps uh, that's when we're working with organizations we don't particularly want to work with or groups we'd rather not work with or even when we're working longer hours than we want to. So I want you to think about when you work and who you work for and we're going to start by imagining an ideal working week. So what does that look like for you? Now, you can jot down a few notes, but you really want to go through the week and write down, ideally, in an ideal world, when you'd really like to be working and when you wouldn't. And when you have that, you can compare it to the hours you did last year. So look at your diary, look at your calendar and see the hours you put in last year. And if there's a huge discrepancy between the two, you might want to think about setting some boundaries this year. And this could be small. So it could be uh, a regular day off or a half day or the chance not to work weekends or one weekend a month or an afternoon off. Whatever works for you, work towards achieving this. And it may not be immediately possible, but you want to have something, have it as something that you're working towards. And if this mean, means reducing your hours, how could you recoup that income elsewhere? Have a think about what possibilities there are for that as well. So plan your schedule and see if you can block out times that you don't want to work. And this will help you to perform at your best for the whole year. Next, I want you to think about who you're working for. So perhaps you work for several organisations such as museums and have a think about your preferences. Which one do you prefer working at? And who do you prefer 
working with? Are you perhaps a specialist in an area, maybe a subject area or with certain types of groups? Could you perhaps give preference to an organisation that you like working for? Or could you give preference for a group or audience you like working with? So specialise in family groups or specialise in working for a history museum or an art museum. And if you're working for yourself, think about how you can get more of your ideal clients. Can you carve yourself out a niche? Could you invest in a training course and specialise? Could you become known for your expertise, perhaps in working with families like Sarah from last week's podcast, or become known for how you engage people in objects and artworks? And this will help you to attract the type of clients that you want to work with. So suggestion number three is to change your route. So when was the last time you walked through the route you take on your guided tours and educational programs, visiting all the stops or all the artworks or objects and took the time to evaluate it? So the beginning of the year is a great time to take a look at the programs you regularly do and objectively try and see them through the eyes, not the ideas, the eyes of the people you work with. So I like to do a walkthrough of the entire program and this may be all the stops I take and all the artworks or objects I would visit. And it makes sense to do this in the order you would do it with your groups. You can do it on your own or you can take along a fellow guide or educator with you. And if you have someone with you, it's a great idea to discuss as you go along how you might approach each stop, each artwork. Um, You want to take a notebook or a camera and really take your time and slow down. Think about each stop How long does it take, perhaps, to get from one place to the next? Is the route straightforward or is it complex? Is there another way you could go or perhaps an intermediate artwork or object or building you could visit on the way? So think about the distances between stops. Are they reasonable? Are they too far or too short? And if it's a long time between stops, if you're changing floors on a gallery, think about how you could utilise that time in a way that's engaging for groups. So give them a question to think about on their own or to discuss in pairs as they walk. Think about how the stops might link together. How could you ease the transition from one place to another? Perhaps you could swap some of the stops around to make the tour or programme more cohesive. Or maybe you could add an extra stop to make the distance less. So what I'm suggesting here is that you look at your programme or tour with fresh eyes. Be critical. What could be improved here? And take the time to look up, look down and turn around to see what you're missing. We become so accustomed to things that sometimes we miss what's right in front of us. So try to see your route through the eyes of someone who's seeing it 
for the first time. Again, look with fresh eyes. And then you could also walk the program again, but this second time, try deviating from your usual route. And then jot down what new things do you notice? Could you perhaps weave any of these new things into your program? Now, if your tour route or your program route is set by the organisation you work for, you might want to share your feedback with them on anything you notice en route. You can ask them if any changes can be made to the route to make it flow better for you and the participants. So moving on to number four, I've called this do an artwork audit because it scans nicely, but you can audit anything. It can be an object or a building or a stop, add, edit or retire. So it's natural to keep wanting to do things the same way on our programs with group after group. We start to feel comfortable. We start to feel in our stride when we get to know certain artworks or objects or buildings really well. But when did you last evaluate all the stops on your programs? So when you next have some moments to spare, I'd like you to make a list of all the stops you make. Write down where you stand at each stop and how long you usually spend there. If you don't know, then perhaps you can time yourself on your ne the next time you run this program. This will help you to understand how you are using time in your program. And then you want to think about the time you spend at each stop. So on average, people spend uh, anything from 5 to 15 minutes at each stop. And this is on a normal program, not on a slow-looking program, for example. Um, so in a guided tour, you might spend anything from 5 to 15 minutes at an artwork or object. Now, there are no hard and fast rules to this, but do bear in mind that if you're spending less than 5 minutes at each place, each stop... This can make your program feel rushed and lightweight. So this is useful on a super speedy highlights tour, but if your program is more in depth, you want to think about changing the times a little bit. And conversely, on the other hand, if you're spending longer than 15 minutes in every stop, this may result in participants starting to shuffle and look away as they lose concentration. Again, this is unless you're on a slow looking tour or you set the expectations at the start that you're going to be doing three or four artworks only. So this is about your pace. Think about your pace. If you spend five minutes at every stop in your program, your participants will start to notice. They will start to anticipate that they will need to move every five minutes. So you really want to be taking time to vary the pace throughout your program. And this will take advantage of the natural ebb and flow of your participants' concentration and interest. The middle of the program is when you can spend a bit longer at one stop. This is when your group will be at their peak. They're warmed up and fully immersed in the programme. And the start and the end of your programme require different pacing too. So 
by doing this overview of all the stops, you can really think about how you use pace to keep your audience engaged. Finally, you want to spend some time thinking about an artwork or object that doesn't really work very well on your current program. Have a think about ways you might want to improve it. So if it's not a must-see, perhaps you can replace it with something else that works better. Or maybe it's a case of standing somewhere different so that your participants can see or hear better. Perhaps you could also bring along some new materials. Some supplementary materials could be uh, a document or material to pass around or something on an iPad. And this will enhance understanding of what you're looking at. This works particularly well with historic sites that don't look like they used to. So what supplementary materials could you bring along? You might want to spend time with the artwork or object in question and do some slow looking yourself and take along a notebook. Now you can write down your thoughts and any questions as they bubble up. Or you could set a timer and brainstorm as many questions as you can about it. Now this may help you get new ideas, get inspiration for new ways of working with that artwork or object that you haven't thought about before. Um, it might even be a case that you're asking the wrong questions when you're with that artwork with a group. So spending time with the offending artwork or object will help you to see if you might be able to approach it in a different way. Now, if none of these work and you're still unsure about the stop, then maybe it's time to retire that stop and come up with something new. Maybe you can add something new or maybe you can spend longer elsewhere where your audience really are engaged. But there is no point keeping revisiting an artwork or object that doesn't work for you. Number five, share new stories. So for us in our work, information and knowledge is never fixed or static. You never, ever arrive at the point where you know everything. There's always more to learn, to find out, to add to your program. So this year you might want to subscribe to a new blog, read some new articles or watch some videos to help give you inspiration on new pieces of information to share. So maybe you always talk about certain themes on your tour. Perhaps you could introduce some new ones or you could focus on a certain historical figure. By looking at the themes and the stories that you tell, you can start to see if you can make any adjustments so that you're not always talking about the same subjects and people. Stretching yourself to find new information or do new research could be the boost your program needs. Also, you could think about when you're sharing information. I always like to encourage my course participants to adopt a more curious and playful attitude to what happens when you share information. So notice what happens with the group when you share less information with them. Or notice what happens when you share a key piece of information at the beginning or the middle or the end of a discussion. 
note what effect this has on your audience, iterate and try something else. Keep experimenting and enjoy using your knowledge as a tool to drive engagement. Number six, encourage interaction. So have you ever found yourself in the same place at the same time saying the same thing? It happens to all of us every once in a while. Now, one of the easiest ways to ensure that you never do the same program twice is to encourage more participation and more interaction on your programs. So make this the year you learn new techniques and tools to help you create interactive programs. So ask open-ended questions or use thinking routines to jumpstart discussions and make everyone feel a part of the discovery process. Encourage everyone to speak by treating everyone's comments fairly and paraphrasing for others to hear. Make your participants so curious they ask you questions about what they want to know. If you use discussion-based techniques, you will never find yourself in the same place at the same time saying the same thing again. And number seven, finally, the final one, don't do it all alone. Now, in our world, we're often working alone or in parallel with other educators or guides and our paths rarely, rarely cross. So get advice from a colleague or talk things over with a fellow guide, shadow someone else's tour or create a working group of a few docents or guides to workshop new ideas for your programs together. Every person you talk to could potentially help you out of your rut and give you new inspiration to refresh your practice. So do you have any top tips about how you keep things fresh in your programs? Because I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear as well about how you are going to revitalize your practice in 2023. So that's it. Seven suggestions to help you change things up a bit for the new year. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Before you go, if you're on the lookout for new resources that you can incorporate into your programs, don't forget my guide, How to Look at Art Slowly. It shares more than 30 different ways to look at art or objects in museums. And it's a guide for anyone, anyone who's looking for new ways to engage with what they're seeing, whether they're on their own, with friends, with family, or working with groups. So thank you for listening today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.